Hello and welcome to Utterly Geek Social Hour for this, the week of November, what's to, to, uh, what's the day, 15th, November 15th, that's the day that today is. Mm-hmm. Totally it's that day. N- not any other day at all, we don't, <laughs> no. pre-record yeah, this we don't section. do that shit, we record live every fucking time. Yep, 100%. percent <laughs> I'm Darren Bell, that's Steven Petrella. Mm-hmm. We're we're here to hang out and talk about the shit that we've done over the past week or so. Steve, what's the shit that you've done over the past um, week or so? Um, the shit that I've done is not a lot. <laughs> I've been still playing Spider Man, and I tried to tank it. I got tired. I stopped trying to tank it. Um, that's really, I mean, outside of just the, you know. The random, like, sit down and play Switch for a little bit. I haven't really played too many games, which is kind of sad. Um, yeah. But I know that you were... I wasn't here last week, but I know Darren wanted me to talk about Mandy, which is a movie that I recently yeah. watched. Yeah, so, all I keep seeing about Mandy is that shot of uh, Nicolas Cage covered in blood. Oh, where which one? The one where he's like in the, the car. Cover. Oh, no, just no, the cover. It's just okay, the cover. Okay, hey, I. What the fuck is this movie, Steve? I will I just tell you a lot what the fuck it. this movie is. Um, it is basically an homage to like the neon era of like eighties horror movie, I guess. Ooh. So, if you. It's it's kind of a combination of a lot of different genres, I would say. So it's got that like neon '80s feeling. It does. It takes place in 1983, um, so it's got that like neon '80s horror, cheesy kind of feeling. Um, okay. And then it also has like that '70s kind of like family incest kind of horror, like. Texas Chainsaw kind of shit. Okay. A little bit of that. And then there's also, like, kind of a post-apocalyptic, like, Mad Max world. All intertwined into this one weird fucking world. Um, it, it takes place in 1983, but I'm assuming it's almost like an alternate reality of 1983, just by the way that it's shown. So it's okay. almost like, I think it's kind of like a post-apocalypse like, if 1983, if some shit went down and, like, people are kind of just, like, living out there and doing their own thing, basically. Um, so, it's it's pretty much just, like, a simple revenge story. So, you have Nick Cage, and then you have his uh, wife, Mandy, and some shit goes down, and now Nick Cage wants has to go on a killing spree, basically. It's a very simple story, but it's just, like, the execution is fucking awesome. Huh. Like, okay. yeah, it's just super colorful. The cinematography is amazing. And if you really like that, like, over-the-top cheesiness that N- Nicolas Cage has done, like, think about some of, like, his most iconic, like, slash worst performances of all time. Oh, like like the bees? Oh, God, the bees? Yeah, like, shit like that. That's in this 
film, but it works perfectly for this film because that's what they're going for. So that that like his acting is his performance is actually I thought really fucking good because just the way that he acts is perfect for this world and uh this, yeah it's just a weird fucking world so it's trippy there's a lot of like kind of drug shit going on like the okay. mad there's these three like biker dudes that are kind of like Mad Max characters like one has like a spiky suit the other one's kind of like. He's, like, just covered in, I don't know. He, they're, like, all wearing this weird fucking armor. And, like, they live off of this drug that these in, that this incest family created for them. It's just fucking trippy. What the fuck? Yeah, it's weird. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think for what they're going for, it doesn't have to. Because <laughs> it's more of, like, just... Yeah. It's more of a cinematic experience of just you're watching things unfold there's i think there's something going on underneath but i didn't watch it like hard enough to be like oh i i kind of get what they're going for but i think like if you like movies and you just like weird shit mandy it's it's a good watch it's a fun watch it is really well filmed it's nick cage is great um, You've sold me on the Nicolas Cage fever dream that yeah, is this movie. Yeah, you'll fucking like there. There are some Nicolas Cage one-liners and screams and shit like that. That there is a bathroom scene of Nick Cage. Just I don't want to say anything more about it, but it's just it's an right. amazing fucking scene. And there's just certain shot. There's also like weird, um, like animated portions as well. Huh. Yeah. It's You just, think that's a budgetary thing or an artistic I thing? I think it's an artistic thing. I definitely think it's an artistic thing just by watching the movie like it's just so well done. Just so well directed and like the cinematography mm-hmm. is beautiful. Like it really is just it, it's amazing to look at and the soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. It's um right. Johan Johansson did it and that dude I mean, sad, sadly, he is now he he passed away earlier this year, but it is a fucking amazing soundtrack, and huh. yeah, I was very surprised by it. Like, um, I had really when I watched it, I really had heard nothing about it, so it was like a blind buy. I was like, oh, I saw like a little article that said something about the neon eighties, and I and I saw the that movie, and I was like, oh, I'll just fucking buy it. So, so it's on Blu-ray already. It is on Blu-ray. I think it was out. It was. It was a weird like. It wasn't in theaters for long. Yeah, it was a weird release that they had that because it came out to the theaters not very long ago actually. So it like came out. Yeah. Um, like it came out where I am like two months ago, and then like a month later it was out on Blu-ray. So it was just a weird. They've been doing release. that a lot more lately, though. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think I, for that movie, it was a good move because you're going to get who you're going to get at the theater, and then you might as well just, like, it's just one of those movies that people are going to want want to own. Right. So I think I think what they did with it was just, it was a good move. And, yeah, we are seeing more of that happening with Unless film. there's a fervent demand for it, I can see not holding off on the release because no one's going to celebrate the release of Mandy on Blu-ray. Like, oh, it's finally out. I've been yeah. waiting so long. Yeah. It's not like a, a an Avengers movie where people are going to wait and pre-order. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, shit. there's, I, th- I mean, 
from my understanding, it got pretty like high praises in the theaters and stuff, but it wasn't like touted and I think it was just so such a limited release that it just didn't really get a lot of play. But yeah, now yeah. now that it's come out, it's becoming it seems like it's becoming kind of like a cult phenomenon. Like there's a lot of people who are just like really enamored by it. Um yeah, well, you sold me on yeah. it. I I need to see this thing. Yeah, now you, you to definitely have to what see the fuck it. it is. There's some weird like I don't know what they there's some weird like heavy metal like kind of moments. Okay. Like they have like the like yeah, they just and by heavy metal, I mean the animated movie Heavy Metal. That's what like Oh, okay. When there's the animation going on, that's what um interesting that's kind of what i would compare it to is like that movie heavy metal it's like ultra sexualized and like weird um it's it's an interesting movie it is a bizarre movie and i recommend it i mean it's it is definitely not for everybody yeah it's not for everybody because it is well that's most nicholas cage movies because (laughs) yeah nicholas cage himself when you see his name on a poster you don't know which nick cage you're gonna get that's why he's such a baffling actor because yeah. he can be simultaneously fantastic in some roles, mm-hmm. but then absolute garbage in others. I really don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Nick Cage is. Hey, he's one of those actors that. You, yeah, you don't know what you're gonna get from him. He has had some fucking absolute, absolutely amazing performances, and then in the next movie, you're just like, wait, what? What Are kind you gonna of- get? City of Angels, Nick Cage, <laughs> or you're gonna get Face Off, Nick Nick Cage. Yeah, you, you like, don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, just based yeah. must be just based off his interpretation of a script. Or you're gonna get National <laughs> Treasure, Nick Cage. <laughs> and he's probably Who the just, fuck knows. And he's probably I, I'd imagine Nick Cage is is a hard dude to direct because he probably he's acted in so many films and stuff where he's probably like I I know what I'm fucking doing. Yeah. I got this. Let me do it. <laughs> You're gonna get what you get from me, and you know you know what you fucking signed up for, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> I am Nicholas fucking Cage. Yeah, but yeah, oh, I, yeah. You, I think I think you'll enjoy it, Darren. I think you'll like it because it is that kind of just over the top. Uh, <laughs> Cage's performance is I, just so good. But, yeah, yeah, I need to see that. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, that's that, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, of of new shit. I'm trying to think if I watched like any. No, not really. I haven't watched anything new, else new. Sadly, huh. cool. Well, I went through. I tanked through the story of the first Hitman. Okay. Because Hitman Two is coming out. And I'm like, ah, fuck it. I never really touched much of the maps beyond, like, I just got to Marrakesh originally, which Mm -hmm. is like the third or, yeah, it's the third map, if you don't count the tutorials. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I I need to play this because Hitman, I really enjoyed the first few maps and having the experience of tanking through it start to finish is basically my way of testing out, oh, will will Hitman 2 have the same kind of impact by just dumping everything at the same time? Mm-hmm. And I really think it will. I think both... I think Hitman 1, in slow rolling out each of the locations over the span of a year, worked really well to sustain the conversation around that game 
and have everyone continue to remember, hey, Hitman is really fucking good now. Yeah. That I think they've set themselves up to allow themselves to dump everything in Hitman 2 mm-hmm. and then build on it from there. Yeah. That being said, the last couple of maps in Hitman 1 are not their strongest. Okay. Colorado in particular is a pain in the fucking ass. You're you're on like a militia compound in rural Colorado and as soon as you show up, you're in hostile territory. You're not allowed there. You're not supposed to be there. Everyone fucking knows it. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you come in, you see those little white dots of everyone will be alert to you. Everywhere. Every fucking single NPC has that. <laughs> so until you get your first disguise, it is a fucking nightmare. And then on top of that, you have four targets to eliminate instead of the regular two. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many more gears turning and so many more people condensed into this little map because you're on a single farmhouse in Colorado to the point where it takes you forever to set everything up. But it was really fucking cool, and I really liked it at the end once you figure it out. Mm -hmm. So there's one dude who's wearing this weird-ass mask who tortures people. So I just went for him right out of the gate and just eliminated him like you would any other target. Like, find find the line, sneak up behind him, snap his neck, whatever. But then you start looking into the opportunities for the other characters. And that's where it gets really fucking cool. I'm going to get a little spoilery here. Then again, I only killed one of them as per one of their actual opportunities. The other two I kind of had to improvise. Because I was already in the map for like two and a half hours. One guy's an explosives expert, and he develops a smartwatch battery bomb that is undetectable and triggers when you send the recipient an email. He also wears the exact same style of watch that he developed it for, which is a (laughs) huge design flaw. Yeah. So it's this whole thing of acquiring the battery, waiting for him to put his watch down to install the explosive battery in it, and then pick up a hacker's cell phone to then email him later. So I shuffle around and I install it into his watch. I'm like, this is going to be a fucking explosive, so I'm not going to trigger it immediately because everyone will immediately go on high alert. I smuggled in a sniper rifle. And at this point, there were two other women walking around the compound that I had to kill. One woman is paranoid as shit, checking on everything, and she's constantly moving around. But there's one point where she goes into a greenhouse where she's alone to make a phone call. And she sips from a bottle of water. By taking out the mask guy, I found some (laughs) toxins, some, like, toxic poison. So I just poisoned the water bottle, and that was it. And I just waited. The other woman was going around to, like, she's their specialist trainer, so she's only in this, like, super high-security area. So I just climbed the water tower and waited until she was out in the middle of the open, which happened to be the same time the other woman drank the water. (laughs) So I get the notification, water girl's dead, snipe the other woman, detonate the, the wristwatch. They're like, great, now get to the storm shelter. Like, wait, what the fuck? I <laughs> thought I had to just go. And the storm shelter was in the house where everyone's panicking. Oh, Jesus. So it it became a fucking shit show, but it, it was really good on execution once you get to that point. Yeah. It's probably the most rewarding map. But then the exact final map, which I know Wally's on right now, and he's pissed about. (laughs) You're undercover in a 
very advanced hospital in Japan, and you are not allowed to bring anything into the mission. Nice. All you have is your scrubs, like your surgical gown, which is like a kimono because it's a Japanese hospital, mm-hmm. and nothing. You have no equipment, <laughs> no tools. That one took me for fucking ever, and it was so tense and stressful. But, man, yeah, Hitman's real fucking good. Hitman's real fucking good still. <laughs> and it makes me really hopeful for the sequel. Uh, the story is fucking whatever. Who yeah. gives a shit? Like, whatever. That's not why you're here to play Hitman. Yeah. You're here to smash dudes in the face with cans of Coke. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Uh, I then pivoted over with everyone talking about Red Dead Redemption. I was like, well, you know what? I never actually finished GTA Five. Hmm. And I know I've been on here talking a lot of Yang about, oh, I'm kind of over the whole Rockstar thing. I kind of, I'm kind of back into GTA Five <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah. I've found that as I've gotten older, their comedy really doesn't land well with me. Mm-hmm. Their weird, shitty kind of satire. Yeah. It. I just don't find it as funny or in, as amusing. I guess because I'm older now and like it. It all kind of just fucking sucks. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely agree with that. I'm not a huge fan of the humor. Yeah, that humor used to land with me in middle school, high school, but. Uh, what was it? There was some chatterbox commercial about feminists and feminism that was just super shitty. Like, I understand they're trying to go for satire. Yeah. But it just doesn't land right. Even, even like, the weasel news, like, let's make fun of conservative shit, just comes across as super shitty. Yeah. I think their satire is just... It, they're, they're just going too hard with it. Like, I know all of it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek. You're not supposed to take it seriously, but I think it's just, like, it feels... Offend for offend's sake. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It, and it just feels like j- just too, like, forced comedy rather than just, you know... I I kind of like the characters, but, yeah, I think when they start forcing the, the satire of these characters, it just feels like, eh. See, but that's that's... Part of the thing, too, is that as much as I hate Lamar, he's a really well-written character. Yeah. Like, and, and Tanisha and uh, Michael's family, mm-hmm. like, everyone else around is, eh, they might be, like, one note, but they write them well. And the actors that they get to play those characters portray them very well. Yeah. It's just when they do their shitty, like, radio stations, it's... It's not not great. So I'll just stick to listening to fucking music. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the answer. Because it has pulled me back in in a way that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. I th- if I remember correctly, last time I got to the point where they introduced Trevor and then just a little bit beyond that. Like, that's the farthest I've... Oh, I made it to the torture scene and that was as far as I got. Okay. Which, again, that comes across as gratuitous and... Not well executed. Yeah. Because here's this big torture scene, and then the way they get out of it is Trevor's whole monologue on the way to the airport. Yeah. About how torture is a bunch of bullshit, but he just went through doing it to this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? I think 
the end, I mean, I'm not going to say anything about it, but I think the end is actually, it wraps that game up nicely. Um, That's what I've heard. Yeah, I feel like they really make it, by the end, they really make it known that, hey, like, the beliefs of all of the shit in this game are not our beliefs. Here's the end yeah. kind of thing. And I, yeah. I like that they did that because um, it really, like, I mean, it is just over-the-top satire, and it's just force-fed. But you know you know what I think it is for me with that? It's just they've done it so many times with every one of their games that it's just like, all right, here's more fucking satire. Yeah, yeah they basically just update it mm-hmm. with the times, with every new edition. Yeah. And that's all it really is. It really feels like that the people who write their shitty satire – kind of feel like they're spurned for not being able to work at the onion. Yeah. And they're mad about it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. The weird thing is, okay, so they force you to sign into social club. There's mm-hmm. no two ways around it. You have to sign into it. And I haven't signed in for fucking years at this point. So I go to sign in like, "Oh shit, I forgot my password. Okay, let's reset my password." Oh, look, it got caught in the spam filter. I open it up. It's entirely in Russian. Oh, God. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Like, why is this in spam? Because it's in a language you don't normally get. Like, yep, that's that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) So I log in, and it's all set up for Russian. I'm like, okay, let me change a password. Let me do all this. Set the language back to English. like, And as soon as I got in, they're like, oh, thanks for playing GTA Online. Here's a bunch of shit that you've unlocked. Oh. I might just fuck someone's day up. Cool. <laughs> Took all because this is my fucking account. Yeah. God damn it. Get the fuck off my social club <laughs> account, even though I never fucking want to use that goddamn thing. <laughs> Ugh. I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, I also stepped into rewatching the previous season of Venture Brothers to get nice. ready to watch the new season of Venture Brothers, which is already out yeah. that I haven't seen yet. And man, uh, after watching it, I was watching it with a friend who had never seen really any Venture Brothers. <laughs> and I saw, I'm just laughing. They're like, what the fuck? Who's that? What's that? I'm like, well, listen. Okay, so that person is, and I've realized that Venture Brothers has gotten so far up its own ass that you need to have watched all of it and loved and really followed all of it to get everything going on with it. Yeah. And I kind of love that about it, that they just, no compromises, we don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to have this random callback to this character from season two that you don't, Speedy's here! Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's what makes some shows better than others is, they they know what they're doing and they know their audience and that's who they're they're like they don't care about anything else but giving their audience you know and themselves probably because they're doing what they enjoy doing you know and yeah they're not saying they're not you can tell they're not doing it to make a, to make tons of money they're just doing it because they fucking want to make this show and I yeah. I, I really like that I, I can't remember what it was, but 21 made some really fucking obscure nerd reference in the episode. My friend's like, wait, did they, did he just, did he just call his dick Shai Hulud? I'm like, yes, yes, he did. Because they don't give a fuck. Yeah. 
keep up. <laughs> you, you, you get you got to get these references, or else you're not gonna care. <laughs> it's really fucking good. I need to watch a new season. But that was pretty much it. I've been busy with life stuff. Yeah. Which seems to be the running theme. Pretty much. But I think that'll do it for us this week. Thanks for joining us for this week's Social Hour. We will see you next week. See you later. Well, yeah, this will be out next week, but we won't. Next next Thursday is fucking Thanksgiving in the United States. Uh, So go eat way too much and have Mm -hmm. a good time with your family. Try to avoid politics unless you're with a family that is respectful and can discuss politics on a respectful tone. Okay. Otherwise, just eat a bunch of turkey and get drunk and try not to talk politics. Yeah. Or do. Don't fucking take my word. Yeah, if you really like it, you like fighting your family. (laughs) You want to stir a pot of shit? Be my friend. (laughs) Fucking go for it. Yep. Well, I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks mm-hmm. for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you, man. Toodaloo. See you later.